What's up, L.A. L.A. sports fans? This is the L.A. Courtside Podcast. Podcast brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. And I am your host, L.A. Ray, where we talk Clippers and Lakers basketball, of course, and other NBA news. want to start off this first segment talking about the Clippers, the unfortunate injury to Paul George, who up until this point was having, obviously, an all-star season and arguably uh, in the top five or six for MVP, along with his teammate Kawhi Leonard. Um, Paul George suffered an injury to his foot, uh, what doctors are calling a bone edema. And of course, you know, I'm not a doctor, just play one on the radio, but I had to look that one up. And basically it's some sort of bone injury to one of his uh, toes and fluid builds up in the toe and then it affects other joints and bones around the toe, so on and so forth. But in any event, he is out of the lineup until further notice. Uh, no one seems to know exactly how long he's going to be out. Uh, Ty Lu, when asked that very question, he just simply said he's not sure how long George would be out of the lineup. Uh, a similar injury to this, uh, Otto Porter of the Chicago Bulls a couple of years ago had a similar injury uh, in the uh, shortened 2019 season, and he was out for all but about 14 games with uh, this injury described as the bone edema. So that's really, really uh, bad news for the Clippers, of course. Hopefully, Paul George can get back uh, as soon as possible and start playing at the MVP level that he's been playing at. Uh, if he's out for an extended period of time, then, of course, the Clippers, you know, next man up. You know, it's going to be more pressure on Kawhi Leonard, of course. Kawhi Leonard is playing out of his mind as well. And the rest of the Clippers uh, players are going to have to step up. They still don't have Patrick Beverly back yet. He's still out with uh, nursing that knee injury that he has. And uh, again, the rest of the team, they're going to have to step up. But let me step back uh, before we learned about the injury to uh, Paul George a couple of games ago against the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers where Paul George played in that game. Paul George, I mean, he really showed uh, the NBA what he's capable of in that Cleveland game. Uh, well, everyone should know what he's capable of, but for those of you who doubted Paul George, uh, you saw what he's capable of in that game. Against Cleveland, he was 13 out of 20. 13 out of 20 from the field. From three-piece land, he was 8 of 9. His three-point shooting, I believe he, before this injury, he was ranked like 6th or 7th in the league in three-point efficiency. He scored 36 points in that game. His plus-minus was plus 29. I mean, this kid was balling. 8 of 9 from three-piece land, folks. Dude was killing it, killing it against Cleveland. Kawhi Leonard in that particular game, he was 9 out of 14, 3 out of 6 from three-piece land, 24 points. So the dynamic duo, they were doing their thing. They combined for 60 of the 121 points, so for roughly half of the points. Serge Ibaka, he had a pretty good game, 6 out of 8, 14 points. Seems like he's rounding into uh, shape and, uh, and, and giving the Clippers uh, more consistent minutes that he may have been uh, opening the season. Uh, Nicholas Batum, not a, a, a Nicholas Batum type of game. He only has seven points. 
Um, but the dynamic duo, they were they were really carrying the uh, Clippers in that particular game. Now the bench, and again, now that Paul George is out for uh, uh, an, an extended period of time, the bench is going to have to step up. It's just that simple. Lou Williams uh, against Cleveland had a very, very good game. Five out of eight from the field, two of three from three-piece land. He had 15 points. Lou Williams, uh, early in the season, of course, he was not playing well. Let's, let's call it. It is what it is. He was not playing well. Uh, lately, it seems like um, he's, he's trying around in his shade. It seems like his shot or, or he's not too comfortable with his shot, which is kind of strange for Lou Williams. I mean, uh, Lou Williams of the past, man, he'd jack up the shot in a minute. Three-point shot, whatever the case may be, drive to the basket. It seems like he was kind of unsure of himself. But uh, he had a really, really good game against uh, Cleveland, 15 points. Uh, Luke Kennard, uh, the, the guy I like to pick on the most with that 64 million, 64 million stack of loot that Luke Kennard got for the Clippers. Against Cleveland, uh, he had nine points, three out of six from the field. Uh, all three field goals went from uh, three-piece land. So now that Paul George is out, okay, Luke Kennard's minutes are going to pick up. You know, early in the year, his his minutes were a little inconsistent. But now they're going to need him. They're going to need him, man. Okay, Luke, it's time for you to start earning that loot, baby. Because you're going to get a whole lot more minutes. Terrence Mann may get more minutes. He only played four minutes in the uh, Cleveland game for three points. But uh, his minutes will probably pick up. And then you have, of course, uh, Marcus Moore Sr., uh, who also may get more minutes. So all of these guys, uh, Patterson. May get uh, more minutes. He didn't even play in that Cleveland game, coach's decision. But it's time to step up, folks. It's time to step up. Kawhi Leonard, he's not going to be able to do it on his own. Reggie Jackson, you know, what an, an enigma this guy is, man. For the last couple of games um, against Cleveland and against Paul, uh, Boston, the um, game that Paul George missed, Reggie Jackson scored a combined two points in over 40 minutes. In Cleveland, he had zero points in 23 minutes. He had five rebounds, three assists, but you got to get more. You got to get more from Reggie Jackson. I still hear grumblings about the Clippers needing another point guard. And again, I'll stay on my soapbox. You know, I've been shot down on, on Twitter. Uh, my Clipperholics buddies at Fansided, they shoot me down every time I bring up the name Derrick Rose, D. Rose. From Chicago, former MVP. I'm telling you, man, that dude would be able to help the Clippers out. He is not the Derrick Rose from the Chicago years where he won MVP and he was dunking over everybody, driving to the lane with reckless abandon and shooting from the outside. But with the Pistons, Derrick Rose still can ball. He's not the player that he used to be, but, um, you know, he's a much more efficient player. A smarter player. He's been in the league for a long time. I personally think he would be able to help the Clippers out. So we'll see moving forward. Um, Patrick Beverly, again, he's not back yet uh, from this uh, knee injury that he has. And when he comes back, you know, who knows how, how effective he's going to be. So um, it remains to be seen. It remains to be seen what happens with the Clippers with that, that point guard situation. So the game against Boston – Without Paul George, uh, the Clippers only lost, you know, by four points, 119 to 115. 
Um, of course, led by Kawhi Leonard, who had a, a Kawhi Leonard-type game. He scored 28 points on 8 of 19 shooting, 12 of 14 from the free throw line, 11 rebounds. Um, he was doing his thing, but it's going to be really, really hard for him to carry this team on his own. Now, the Clippers, again, I'm not sure how long Paul George is going to be out, but let's say it's for an extended period of time, similar to uh, Otto Porter a couple of years ago. The Clippers are still good enough to make the playoffs, of course. They started off this year 17-7, and seven, so they have a cushion. You know, they may not end up being the top seed in the West or maybe not even the second seed, but if they can stay afloat until Paul George gets back, they'll be fine as long as Paul George comes back, you know, pretty much healthy and pick, picking up where he left off before the injury. Uh, Nicholas Batum in that game played better. He scored 16 points against Boston on 6 of 11 shooting. Uh, hit four three-pointers. Now, the bench played pretty well in that game. Um, Marcus Morris Sr., 13 points, five out of 11 from the field. Uh, uh, three of them were three-point shots. Zubak, 14 points. He was seven out of seven, did not miss a field goal. Six rebounds. So he played He played really, really well. And again, Lou Williams, uh, we're going to need you, baby. Six out of 10 from the field. Three of them for, were from uh, three-point land. So And he also had six assists. So he played really, really well. And that's the kind of production that they're going to need moving forward. It's going to be you know, very hard for the Clippers to beat the Boston Celtics without Paul George. You know, Boston Celtics, of course, that's the team I'm picking from the Eastern Conference to make it to the NBA Finals. Jason Tatum was killing them in that game, man. 40 minutes, 12 out of 27 from the field. Five of them was from three-piece land. He scored 34 points. And Kimba Walker, you know, he woke up. Seems like Kim has been sleepwalking a little lately, but he woke up with uh, 24 points, 9 out of 19 from the field. So uh, Boston was able to prevail in that game by, uh, by four points. But again, Clippers, you know, Clippers fans, you know, I don't, I don't think you have anything to worry about per se until, you know, we get a more comprehensive report from the doctors. Because, you know, it seems like by now we would know the extent of this injury, you know, how long he's going to be out. Ty Lue, again, just simply says, you know, I'm wishing him the best. I'm wishing him the best of health. And, um, you know, we'll play on without him until he returns pretty much. And that's pretty much all you can do. But, you know, I, I'm not sure what's going on with the um, the doctors and the communication to the fans and everything like that as far as how Paul George is doing. But, uh, it is very unfortunate because he was having just an outstanding season. Again, I've mentioned in podcast episodes before that Paul George is out to erase what happened last year, erase what happened in the uh, bubble playoffs, erase what happened against the Denver Nuggets when they had a three to one lead and then let Denver win three straight games where the Clippers, uh, they did not shoot well down the stretch. And Paul George was one of those guys. So he was out on a mission this year to prove to everyone who he is, what he's about, and he can be an integral part of an NBA championship team. So, again, it's unfortunate that he's out. But Clippers, your bench, step up, baby. It's time to step up to the plate. Next man up. Let's keep it going until he gets back on. And, um, and I think the Clippers will be fine.
My favorite song, as you all know. So this next uh, segment, I want to talk about the NBA and what the hell are they doing? What are they doing with the, the COVID-19 all-star game situation? That's becoming a debacle, man. First of all, the, the, the NBA, they want to play this all-star game. And we all know the reason why. Dollars, baby. Loot. Moolah. Money. They want to play this game. I don't know if it's because the sponsors have already, they have signed contracts. If they don't play the game, the NBA will have to give back some money or whatever the case may be. And if that's the case, so what? The NBA has plenty of money in their pocket that it probably wouldn't put that much of a dent into it. But they want to play this all-star game. And you are having prominent players come forward saying they do not want to play in this game or they're thinking uh, the reason why of course the NBA wants to play is because of money for example Kawhi Leonard he just flat out came out and said you know the NBA I'm paraphrasing here the NBA is more concerned about money than they are with the players health and he's absolutely right you know they're they're going through all of these COVID-19 protocols I mean I mean, my God, uh, the the game the other night, uh, Toronto was playing the Nets. They took Kevin Durant out of the game in the middle of the basketball game, right in the middle of the game. Now, Kevin Durant, he's a guy that's already had COVID and recovered. And again, I don't know, you know, the medical particulars with COVID is still out there. You know, it's not sure whether or not you can catch it again if you've had it once before. So there's still a lot of unknowns about it. I get that. But right in the middle of the game, they pulled him. And because of COVID protocols or COVID protection or whatever the hell they're calling it, right in the middle of the game. So that lets you know right there, okay, so they're they're concerned. Okay, it's a regular season game. Uh, Pull him out. Okay, fine. But you want to run this all-star game. It's absolutely ridiculous. LeBron James, he said it himself that he doesn't think that this game should be played. I mean, what, what, what for? Um, another prominent player, the, the Greek freak, the Greek freak, he said, you know, he'd rather be at home with his family. And I don't blame him. So you're going to put the players, you know, at risk. And I know it's just one game. Some of you may be saying, well, come on, L.A., it's just one game, man. You know, what's the chances of somebody catching the COVID-19 for one game? Well, that's one game too many. Okay, regular season. Okay, you want to get through the season? That's fine. Uh, You know, we've already had cancellations of basketball games throughout this year, and but you want to play this All Star game? I think it's totally ludicrous, ridiculous, short sighted on the NBA's uh, behalf that they're that they're pushing for this game to be played. You know, I'm with the Greek freak, man. I'd rather be at home. You know, think what would happen if someone catches the COVID-19 virus at the All-Star game. And who cares about the All-Star game anyway? I mean, let's be real, folks. I mean, I don't. L.A. Ray don't, baby. I I, I stopped watching, really, the All-Star game in its entirety anyway. I don't watch the whole game, maybe bits and pieces if it's on. But who cares? Nobody's going to be in the stands. And what are you going to do? Are you still going to have the 
the the dunk contest and the three point shooting contest and the first year players against the second year players and and all of that jazz. Who who cares, man? Who gives a rat's ass if that game happens or not? Keep your players safe. You know, let them go home and rest. You know, let them go home with their families, and uh, you know, get a little break in between. In between, you know, when that All Star game is supposed to be played, you know, give them a week's vacation or whatever the case may be. But again, it's all about money, baby. We know what it's all about. It's all about that loot. You know, NBA uh, money is pouring into the NBA, and they don't want to miss a dime of it. But as far as the game itself, or even the the dunk contest, for example, you know, back in the day. You know, L.A., I'm back in the day, baby. Everything about me is back in the day. The music, the basketball, everything. I love everything that happened back in the day. But the dunk contest, you remember when that first started and, and it first was heating up back in the, like the mid-80s. You know, when Dominique Wilkins won that dunk contest back in 1985 with the Atlanta Hawks. Everybody remembers Spud Webb, Spudnik, all of, I don't know, five foot six. He may not have been that five, five, whatever, whatever he was. And he did some dunks that to this day, you, you know, you go back on YouTube and just watch them for you youngsters out there who don't know who Spud Webb is. And some of you millennials may not know. Say, L.A., who the hell is that? Look up Spud Webb, S-P-U-D, Webb, and just put it and put all star dunk contest. You'll be amazed. And of course, you know, when Michael Jordan won it back in uh, 87, you know, Michael Jordan. And then, you know, moving forward, you had guys like, um, you know, Kobe Bryant. He won it when the game was in Cleveland in 1997. Vince Carter. I mean, these are guys, man, who, who, who put the dunk contest on the map. You know, how many different dunks nowadays can you do? You know, I mean, really, I think it started going downhill back in 2008 when Dwight Howard won it with the Superman cape on. I mean, come on, man, this guy's... 611, you know, he had the Superman cape on. I thought it was just ridiculous. You know, it wasn't like he was going to miss the dunk. You know, he won it because he had the best costume. You know, he, he, he went downtown and rented him a Superman costume and won the dunk contest. I thought it was totally ridiculous. You had Blake Griffin, you know, jumping over the Kia. That, that was pretty slick. That was pretty slick. But then after that, man, you had guys like, does anybody remember in 2012 and Jeremy Evans, Won the dunk contest. Jeremy Evans, who is he? Where is he now? What is he doing? Terrence Ross, guys like that won the dunk contest. Zach Levine put on a pretty good show when he won it. Um, and then lately you got Donovan Mitchell, Hamadou Diallo. And then Derrick Jones, you know, Derrick Jones of the Miami Heat. Yeah, he can jump out the gym. Yeah, dunk was pretty nice. But, you know, the bottom line was who cares? You know, who cares about that? Three-point shooting contest. Let me, let me, let me uh, school you guys again. Back in the day, Larry Bird won it three times in a row for the Boston Celtics. Larry Bird, French Lick, Indiana, the hick from French Lick. Craig Hodges, for you youngsters out there again, you know, who don't know some of these guys, look up Craig Hodges of the Chicago Bulls. He won it three straight times. You had some great shooters I would rather see the three-point shooting contest, actually, than the dunk contest. be honest with you. You got guys like Mark Price, you know, shooters like Steve Kerr. You know, what's surprising to me, and obviously I had to look some of this stuff up, guys. I don't know all this off the top of my head. You know, 
Ray had to look this stuff up. Ray Allen only won this contest one time. That surprises me. He's one of the best three-point shooters in the history of the NBA. Pedro Starkovic won it twice. You know, uh, da Daquan Cook, you know, who remember? Anybody remember him? Daquan Cook from the Miami Heat from back in 2009 actually won this. So say all that to say, that, you know, the dunk, uh, the dunk contest, definitely who cares about that. But overall, the all-star game, man, I, you know, if it's up to me, just don't play it. I mean, what for? Nobody's in the stands to even watch it. It's ridiculous. You know, and, and some of your more prominent players, again, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, the Greek Freak, and others, they're coming out and saying, man, that we don't we don't want to play this game. You know, it's pointless. So that just goes to show you that, you know, it's just about the money. You know, let's be real. Let's be honest. Let's call it 100. It's about the money. So they're going to play the game, and it's going to be the usual all-star game, the first three quarters. There's going to be no defense. You know, guys going to be going there uncontested dunks, you know, flashy passes, two-on-one breaks. The, guy, the one guy's not playing any defense. He's not trying at all. You know, all these all-star games in professional sports, uh, anyway, now that I think about it, you know, in hockey, there's no defense played or anything like that. The NBA, of course, is not until the fourth quarter starts. Then they kind of tighten it up a little bit. The Pro Bowl, hell, I don't even know if they play that anymore. That's, that's a waste of time. A colossal waste of time, the NFL Pro Bowl. Major League Baseball is the only all-star game where they play it like it's played in a regular season. You're not going to see a pitcher who normally pitches 100 miles an hour because he's in the Major League uh, all-star game. Gonna, eh, I'll just dial it down to 90, let these guys jack it out of the park on me. No, he's going to throw it at 100 miles an hour. He may come high and tight on you. He may, You may have a guy like Pete Rose, remember him? Ran over Ray Fossey. In the, uh, the All-Star game and at the plate, people's like, man, this is an All-Star game. Pete Rose said, man, I'm out to win this game. So baseball is the only one that's really the real deal. So, you know, you guys, when the All-Star game rolls around, you know, if you guys watch, that's fine. Yeah, I may tune in, you know, just to see what the L.A. players do. Uh, but that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. I think it's a waste of time. Next segment coming up, this last one to talk about the L.A. Lakers. The Lake Show. You got the chill, 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 chill. Your mind, let your conscience be free and get down to the sounds of your PMD. But you should keep quiet while the MC rap. But if you're tired, then go take a nap. Okay, LA Lakers. LA Lakers. Anytime I, I'm very, very active on Twitter. I like reading the Twitter post for both the Clippers and the Lakers fans. And again, Twitter is a platform for you to um, uh, type in your frustration, let's say. And after that Denver game, for whatever reason, the vitriol is starting to come now for Anthony Davis. So I thought it would be appropriate to uh, start that segment off uh, this music clip. Lakers fans, you've got to chill. You got to chill. That's one of my favorite songs from back in the day by EPMD. You got to chill, 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 chill. Come on, Lakers fans. Now, that particular game against Denver, 
Um, my worry was the Joker. I'm thinking, oh man, the Joker is just, you know, the Joker's wild. I'm telling you right now, that dude can ball, man. But guess what? Against the Lakers, he was bottled up. You know, he was only six out of 16, 13 points. He had 10 rebounds and six assists, but it wasn't a typical uh, Joker game. So the Lakers, you know, they kind of, they bottled him up. Uh, Murray played pretty well, 7 out of 17. He had 20 points. But they handled Denver, you know, pretty easily, 114 to 93. But Anthony Davis in that game, he only scored 13 points, 5 out of 8 from the field, you know, 9 rebounds, you know, 13 points. You know, not a typical Anthony Davis game. But, I mean, Laker fans, come on, man. What do you want? You know, I, I, I read the Twitter post again. Anthony Davis, he's lazy. You know, LeBron James is carrying him. He needs to do more. I mean, man, lest we forget what happened last year. They won the championship with Anthony Davis. LeBron James didn't do that all by himself, folks. Anthony Davis played an integral role in him winning that championship. Anthony Davis will be fine. Everybody can't have a, a yeoman's game every single game. There's been uh, games uh, before. Uh, uh, this year that LeBron James did not play well. And you guys know me. I'm, you know, I'm not one of those biased guys. I'm not going to, if you're not playing well, I'm going to call you out. Okay. I'm pretty unbiased when it comes to the Lakers and the Clippers. If you're not playing well, I'll say you're not playing well. Anthony Davis, nope, he didn't play well in that Denver game. But that doesn't mean that the guy sucks, man. I mean, good Lord. LeBron James you know, he played, uh, I'm sorry, he scored 27 points in that game, 12 out of 19 from the field, 2 out of 5 from 3-piece land. He did his thing. Triple-double, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. You know, did what LeBron James did. He carried him in that game. But there's going to be some games where Anthony Davis is going to carry the team as well. Uh, one of the bright spots, though, Dennis Schroeder, 30 minutes, 7 out of 9 from the field. We definitely need consistency from Dennis Schroeder. I'm telling you, but one thing about what I like about him, if his shot is not falling, he plays defense. He hustles. He dies for the loose balls. You know, he is going to do everything that it takes to win a ball game. That's what I like about that kid, man. I loved it when the Lakers picked him up. He's going to be the X factor moving forward in these playoffs. I'm telling you, look for Dennis Schroeder. You know, the more comfortable he gets in that Laker lineup, you know, look out Western Conference because the Lakers going to be hell to deal with, man. KCP, 10 points in that Denver game. Uh, you know, he's, I don't know what's happened to his three-point shot. He was only one of three there, but, you know, he'll, he'll pick it back up. He's a pro. You know, Caldwell Pope, I'm not worried about him either. Uh, the bench, you know, Kuzma scored 11 points in that game. Uh, Montrez scored 13. Now, the big surprise, and I don't think it's too much of a surprise, really, THT. Taylor Horton Tucker, 17 big points in that Denver game. 22 minutes, 8 out of 12 from the field. One of two from three-piece land. Kid was a plus 17. I don't know why Frank Vogel is giving this kid inconsistent minutes like he does. I mean, he can, he, you know, 22 minutes one game and a, a, a DNP the next game. You know, did not play. Coach's decision. Kid can play, man. You know, if they give this kid consistent minutes, you know, he starts blowing up a little bit. There's been teams inquiring about him for a trade. Now, 
you know, if he blows up, like I said, and, and, and starts playing on a level like a Kyle Kuzma, and the Lakers are going to have to make a decision next year whether they're going to keep THT or Kuzma. You know, Kuzma may end up being trade bait. Nothing against Kuzma. Love Kuzma, man. Dudes from Flint. You know, right in my neck of the woods, Detroit. You know, love Kuzma, man. But when it comes to the money, you can only, you know, keep so many players. So we'll see what happens. That's, that's not until um, next year when, they, when the Lakers are going to have to make that decision. But the game that the, um, the Lakers fans on Twitter was just really, really just, just out there, man, just dogging the Lakers, even though the Lakers won, was against the Detroit Pistons, of course. Now, going into this game, you know, I'm thinking that, oh, the Lakers are going to get revenge. You know, they lost to the Pistons a couple of weeks ago in Detroit with a Pistons-like land basing them in the fourth quarter. Blake Griffin just totally went off on them. But in this particular game, Blake Griffin didn't even play. Derrick Rose didn't play. Wayne Ellington didn't play. And this game went into double overtime. I mean, the Pistons were throwing guys out there like Sadiq Bey, who's a, you know, a decent-looking rookie, but he's a rookie. Uh, Dumboya, that kid from France, I, I think that's a, just a busted draft choice for the Pistons, I think. But he was only one out of seven, four points. You know, Mason Plumley. 47 minutes. You know, Deron Wright, he scored 22 points, played well, 8 out of 10, 4-4 from three-piece land. He played pretty well. Um, Josh Jackson was the one that was killing the Lakers. He scored 28 points. He was 11 out of 20 from the field, 5 out of 10 for three-piece land. He's sort of getting his career back on track. He's from Detroit, coming back home to the Detroit Pistons. So it's good to see him playing well. You know, I like to see the uh, the fellas from Detroit play play good basketball. But the Lakers, of course, now Anthony Davis, he bounced back. He was 13 out of 22 from the field. 30 points, you know, plus nine in the plus minus column. I mean, you know, what do you want? Kid played 45 minutes, man. He was balling. LeBron James, he did his thing as usual. 33 points, 11 assists. But, you know, they had, they had trouble with the Pistons, even without Griffin and Rose and Wayne Ellington. Now, again, Dennis Schroeder, you know, he was balling, man. If you get that consistent play from Schroeder, the Lakers are going to be hell to deal with. 22 points, 7 out of 9 from the field, 8 of 8 from the free throw line. Kid had 22 points, played well. THT, he had 10 points. So, the last couple of games, he's gotten over 20 minutes of playing time. So, you know, say all that to say that, you know, the Lakers will be fine, man. Maybe, maybe the Pistons are just their nemesis this year. On the Twitter – you know, I, I'm reading some of the posts. They're like, man, he to me to tell me that we had to go double overtime to beat a five and whatever the Pistons are, five and 17 team. Um, Anthony Davis, you know, you need to show up more. You need to do more. This player needs to do more. It's a shame that we had to go double overtime. And last night while the game was going on, I wish this game would happen. I'm going to sleep because of the Lakers are playing like crap. I mean, you know, maybe Detroit has their number. One Twitter poster said, man, I'm glad that the Pistons, they won't have to face the Pistons in the playoffs. Well, you don't have to worry about that because the Pistons will not make the playoffs in the East. So you don't have to worry about that. Folks, the Lakers will be fine. You know, sometimes it's just matchups. You know, it just took double overtime to beat them. LeBron James, you know, shot that three, the dagger. In that second overtime, why the Pistons had Mason Plumlee out there on him, I'll never know. But, you know, James killed him, man. That was that was a gimme three right there. So Lakers, Lakers fans, 
you know, the Lakers will be fine. You know, they're, they're doing their thing, man. They're, you know, they're not going to blow people out every single game. You know, some teams are going to play them better than others. You got matchups, you know, matchup issues against certain teams out there that, you know, it may, you know, it may uh, take a little bit more effort for the Lakers to win against a team like the Pistons, you know, even without Blake Griffin. So I'm not too much worried about that. You know, Lake Joint will be fine. The Lake Joint, the Lake Show, Laker Nation. Don't worry, fans. The team, they're on point. You know, they are 18 and 6. I mean, you know, what are you going to say? What can you say? You know, I know you want them to be 24 and 0, but, you know, that's not realistic. So let's reel it in and, and, and think about the song clip that I just played. You got to chill. You got to chill. Lakers will be fine. So, LA sports fans, with that, I'm going to leave it right there. I'd like to thank all of you for listening in to uh, my show. I'd like to thank the basketball, I thank the basketball podcast network um, for putting on this particular show for LA Courtside. And you can find LA Courtside on your favorite podcast platforms such as Spotify, Google, Stitcher, or Apple. And make sure you subscribe and comment on LA Courtside. So again, LA fans, thank you very much for listening. And until the next episode, peace.